HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program has been brought to you by Heritage Foods USA, the nation's largest distributor of heritage breed pigs and turkeys. For more information, visit heritagefoodsusa.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The Welcome back to The Speakeasy. I'm your host, Damon Bolte. In the studio today, we have the proprietor of Brooklyn Gin. All the way from my neck of the woods in Carroll Gardens, we have Emil Yatney. Um, welcome to the show, Emil. Thanks, man. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, glad to finally get you in here. So let's talk gin. Let's talk Brooklyn Gin. What's going on? How'd this get started? And how long has it been going? So, uh, yeah, my buddy Joe and I started it about two years Joe ago. Joe Santos. Now. Joe Santos. My motorcycle exactly. buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's a good biker, Joe. Uh, Joe and I started about two years ago, uh, and uh, yeah, we've making, been making gin ever since. We uh, we, we kind of had a you know, passion for uh, handmade stuff and fresh ingredients and thought uh, it would be a lot of fun to make, uh, to make a gin with uh, traditional methods and uh, just make it ourselves. Cool. And was there, like, what was the timeline like? I mean, how long did it get you, uh, take you to get up and running? Because that's a, it's a big operation, you know, to like, or just to start a brand in general, you know, it's a, it's a big, big move. Yeah, definitely. I, it took us about five years to, oh, wow. to get up and running. And part of that, we had a day jobs. So we were working night yeah. and weekends trying to figure things out. And uh, we, you know, didn't have any experience in distilling, so we had to learn that. We had really good people we worked with. It's really a, a collaboration with a, a lot of friends. So we had some fantastic distillers we worked with, but just the recipe alone took about a year and a half. Wow. And then it's uh, all the you know all the paperwork and all the stuff around it, and yeah, signing the a bottle and yeah. uh, everything else. So uh, yeah, it, it it took us about five years. Speaking of the bottle, I mean, it's beautiful packaging. Uh, where did, where did the inspiration from that come from? Uh, well, it, it was really, uh, you know, the first part, we wanted to have a bottle. In the beginning, we didn't think too much about the bottle. We were thinking all about the gin. And sure, then as when you it, should. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm just a sucker <clears throat> for design, so yeah. I wanted to know. No, and, and, uh, but the more we got into it, we were kind of thinking about a, a, a stock bottle, something simple. But the more we got into it, it was kind of 
our little baby that we created. And we went through about 50 recipes before we, we got the recipe that we liked. And we just felt that the gin had to have a great home, like a really nice bottle. So we had some designer friends who live, uh, live out here in Brooklyn, a couple of guys, and they work for a company, Spring Design. And basically met on weekends and kind of threw out some ideas, uh, some inspirations, some stuff that we liked and uh, developed, I think we did 15 different designs because it was tons of fun. It was so much fun yeah, designing I, I something. I can't imagine. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so at the end, we, had, we kind of had our bottle, but we kind of kept coming up with concepts just because it was fun. And uh, then you have to figure out that you actually can make the bottle that you've designed. So yeah. uh, that, that was part of uh, one of the things that took a long time because you have to find someone to make the bottle for, sure. for you and figure out that it's uh, mechanically possible. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, there you go. So there's a lot of inspirations that we think from, you know, from Brooklyn, some Art Deco, the sure. apo- apothecary bottles, the copper. Uh, we, you know, we make a gin and copper stills and all that stuff. So yeah, totally. And like the the copper cap kind of looks like like a manhole cover. Oh yeah, me, it does. You know, <laughs> and you know, for for the train spotters out there, like Brooklyn is kind of known for one of the things sure. it's known for is manhole covers. Mm-hmm. A lot of them look very different when you walk down the street. So uh, yeah, that's 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 part of it. It's kind of like a mix of that and the, like the old school like New York City subway tokens. Yeah, no, th- definitely, definitely, yeah, very cool. So going back to the actual gin, then um, one of the things I okay, you've got you've got eleven different uh, botanicals and fruits in there. Uh, one thing that strikes me is kind of unique is that you have two different types of lime. You know, a lot of times you get a lot of like lemon and grapefruit, a little bit of lime and like orange peel and stuff like that. But you have two different types of lime, so that's uh, unique to me in a, in and of itself. Um, I probably wouldn't have done that, but that I, I don't make gin. So. It, it was, <laughs> no, it, it was literally one of those. Just trying things trying out. out. Yeah. And a lot of things that we thought originally would be the perfect way to do it d- didn't come out that well. So so we kind of you know, yeah. kept going in different directions and for some reason when we you know, when we used uh, half and half of the two limes it just worked out better. Yeah. So um <laughs> other things are like you, you also have like orange and kumquat. Which are kind yeah. of like, a, you know, again, yeah. like, that's one of the things we joke around about because, you know, there's a lot of things happen when you when you when you start a thing like this. You don't really know what's going to happen, and there's like, kumquat we probably wouldn't have put in our recipe if we knew how hard it was uh, <laughs> to find. Yeah, sure. Know, yeah, right. There's a, there's a couple of months of the year when we can't distill, right? Because we can't find kumquat, and we use fresh peels, not frozen or dried peels sure. of flavoring. So, and also they're really tricky because. We cut them in the middle. We spoon out the meat because you only use them. Right. Uh, you only use the peel, and uh, yeah, uh, the, the kumquats are <laughs> a little, little tricky to use and to find. But uh, we're glad we did it because we wanted to make the gin we wanted, sure. and uh, that's that's really how it came out. And we didn't want to make any compromises whatsoever, uh, just because it was easier. Yeah, and you know that's cool. Like uh, you know, maybe you get to take two months. Vacation. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually perfect because it's uh, kind of like late summer. <laughs> oh, great! So, yeah. so the summer season is over, and you can relax for a little bit. And uh, well, you can never relax when you start your well, own sure. company, I guess. But sure, and of course, and like especially lately, you guys have been really like getting out there. Um, for instance, you know the Barclays Center just opened recently, and uh, you guys are 
you have a heavy presence there, which is pretty amazing. Oh, yeah, it's fantastic. I mean, uh, first of all, I think it's such a cool place. Uh, <laughs> I'm a huge Brooklyn Nets fan. <laughs> I've been to two games already. Uh, no, it's, it's cool to have a professional team here. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's been a while uh, when you have a, you know, you have the Cyclones and so on. But to have, to have a professional team is a great arena. The type of bands and, and the stuff. I know that you're a Rolling Stones fan and you know that the Rolling Stones are playing yeah. their 50th anniversary concert, two places, Wembley and Barclays. Right. So, uh, great acts and it really brings a lot of art and culture to to Brooklyn, kind of like BAM, Brooklyn Academy yeah, of Music. Yeah, you guys are also in BAM, which we're, is We're huge doing too. all the stuff with them, and and they are, I mean, they're getting a lot of stuff from uh, from the the Lincoln Center in New York places, Yeah, just because Brooklyn has become a, kind of a magnet for, uh, for culture and uh, arts in general. Absolutely. And um, we were talking about it before the show, and you were saying that the, the crowd at the Barclays Center, um, both at the games and at the show, like the concerts... It's really, really unique for being in a, uh, an arena like that because it's not like your typical like fifty years deep like Knicks fan oh, or no, it's, like Yankees it's, fan. It's like a whole new era of these like fans for this team. And but it's also Brooklyn. It's like it's it's so cool because you know I've been to the Madison Square Garden and it's you know mostly suits. Sure. And you go into the arena and you see. Kind of like the young hipsters. You see the suits from Manhattan. You see the, you know the the, the old school Brooklynites, and everybody mixes and seems to rally. I mean, people have been the season hasn't started yet, and the Nets games. People are really excited. <laughs> They're rooting a lot. So uh, there's a lot of energy around it. But it's a really cool mixed crowd uh, yeah. for the games. Well, I know you invited me uh, the other night to go. I wish I would have been able to go. I was already at work. Um, but yeah, I mean, like it's it's definitely a place I've been wanting to check out, especially like, you know, it does have a lot of like, it doesn't have your typical like bars and restaurants in it. It's it's like in that Brooklyn way alone, or also additional to like you know the type of shows and games that are going on there. That's a really cool thing in and of itself. You know? Yeah, and if you look at a, you know, they don't have the regular hot dog stands, right? right. So they have they have, they have all like the different local. Uh, I mean, Fatty Q has got, uh, yeah. you know, they're, they're selling some of their stuff and some of the other you know, restaurants and purveyors around from from the Brooklyn scene. So it's definitely different than it's new and it's fresh. And I, I think it's really exciting. Yeah. Well, that's another cool thing about, like, being in Brooklyn and doing, like, some of these, like, cross-promotional uh, <coughs> different uh, events and stuff that you guys have been doing. Especially, like... When you guys first came on the scene, I, what I noticed first and foremost was that you were really into like and involved with the like the cocktail bar scene, and you know like and not not trying to attack that as like from a sales angle. It wasn't like always like pushing your gin. It was like you guys are like genuinely into it, and you like going to these places and like hanging out and having a good time. Like, but of course you'd like to see your product there as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, but it, it's really. One one of the things that I really really believe in strongly, for me to be happy, <laughs> it it's uh, to build, you know, my work around my life and not the other way around. And that's one of the reasons Joe and I started started to make Brooklyn Gin is because we really enjoyed to go and have cocktails, <laughs> gin cocktails. Uh, we really like the people who work uh, and who frequent the bars. So. 
for us, it's it's kind of fun stuff that we did, and that's how we came up with the concept too. That's that's how we gin was the thing we wanted to do because we like to go to the bars that were having a lot of gin cocktails and classic cocktails and innovative Epicurean cocktails. Where, and, were, you, where were you drinking? Oh, oh, the stuff we were drinking. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. I mean, I huge fan. It's different, right? But pre-dinner. I'd really like to have a Negroni because it makes me hungrier, right? It's such a cool cocktail. And, you know, gimlets, uh, martinis, like 50-50 martini. Well, 50-50. Half and half, couple of orange bitters. I mean, it's yeah. fantastic. Um, but also, there's so much... There is so much uh, creativity around gin cocktails right now. If you go to... You know, you have the bars that are super, super classic... But you also have a lot of restaurants that start to have uh, these Epicurean cocktail programs that, you know, we haven't really seen before. Uh, and using a lot of inspiration from the from the kitchen and a lot of ingredients from the kitchen. So uh, yeah. it's, it's, it's the coolest thing. And the fact that you can, you know, with gin, you're not really boxed in. Sure. Uh, you have full control because you're not aging it. But you can't cover anything. Like, sure. It's you, it's the still, and it's the ingredients, and you make the gin, and you have no way to kind of cheat if you do it in the the way we do it, right? And but you also have complete con- you have complete control over the process, but you also have complete creativity in terms of what you put in, as long as you have juniper berries. And we happen to use tons of juniper berries. People don't think we do, but we do. But we hand crack them open, so it's not the piney type of flavor right. it's a little bit different because a lot people, of people think that that juniper is just pine but it's it's got a lot of different layers to it yeah it's very uh, soft peppery and uh, uh, a lot of stuff going on when you when you take a juniper berry and crack it open it's it, it's wonderful <laughs> and i'm not saying that i don't like piney gins i like i love a lot of gins sure there, there's some fantastic gins out there it's just that they've already been perfected. So it was no reason for us to come in right, and try to right. do, you know, big piney London style gin. We wanted to do something different. But still, we love, uh, we love the juniper. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's interesting that even like you were saying with the, like, with um, a, lot of, a lot of restaurants and bars um, that didn't necessarily start out as like cocktail bars or even care really so much about that approach or maybe just into selling booze if they were a bar or if they're a restaurant it was kind of an afterthought because they needed to have some alcohol there um but then realizing that that side of their business where they can actually like get into it and like make make more of a name for themselves it's the same thing with uh especially you know like brooklyn gin's been around for two years and they're over the last two years there have also been a lot of bartenders who have up their game and a lot of new bartenders into the in the industry who are extremely passionate about what they're doing and yeah. it's it's really interesting to see like as, as far as like the timeline goes how like every 2 years the game keeps getting upped oh you know? yeah yeah and and widened it's uh, yeah you know more more people are into it but i mean yeah like, i mean it goes to the customer as well yeah but and and, and really if you think about it a great intro to a dinner. If you have a good cocktail, uh, you're going to probably explore food and wine and other things more. So look at places like, you know, the Dutch. Or what Nari Young is do- doing over at Saxon and Parole. Sure. Uh, Mineta Tavern. Like, all these places have great cocktail programs and amazing food. So, 
It's win-win. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we're going to take a quick break, and when we get back, we'll be speaking a little bit more in depth with Emil Yatlin from Brooklyn Gin. Back in a moment. so far support the network and become a member membership helps us bring you the best food radio in the world and gives you access to thousands of dollars in discounts at the sustainably minded businesses that support us to become a member visit heritageradionetwork.org today Today's program has been brought to you by Heritage Foods USA. Since the inception of the Heritage Turkey Project, more than 10 of Frank Reese's partner farms have converted to Good Shepherd from a corporate system whose weak protocols on husbandry, welfare, and genetics necessitated the use of sub-therapeutic antibiotics at all stages of production. When Frank Reese started in 2002, he hatched 900 eggs in his barn. This year, 20,000 eggs were hatched. This is an enormous victory for sustainable agriculture and biodiversity. For more information and to order your Heritage Turkey today, visit HeritageFoodsUSA.com. That was Jack Inslee on the ones and twos and in the ones again. <laughs> we are back. We've been talking with Ellen Yatney from Brooklyn Gin. And we were just discussing before we took the break about the really cool growth of the brand. I mean, it's been... Just now, two years. You started winter of uh, 2010, so really, almost two years, I guess you could say. Um, but you know, you're in BAM, and you're in the Barclays Center, which is really that's huge, man. I, you know, you got to start like pushing my band's records in all your bars. <laughs> so no, uh, yeah, I mean, we're we're in almost uh, almost 300 places now, bars and restaurants, awesome. and I would say that 80% of them, 90% of them, are actually came to us. That's great. Uh, because they saw us somewhere and they wanted a product. Because in the beginning, it was just me and Joe, right? And we actually had to stop and not sell to more bars and restaurants twice because we just couldn't handle it ourselves. Uh, now, we're, we're, we're figured that out so we can branch out a little bit more. And you've hired a couple of people that actually came to you as well for the job, right? Oh, yeah. And, you know, fantastic folks that... Uh, probably been on the show here yeah ivy mix from speed rack was just on a few months ago great lovely person one of my favorites she's working for you now in yep. part-time capacity uh-huh. and then uh, damon dyer the other damon as i like to call him the other damon is starting tomorrow <laughs> uh, he's starting tomorrow and he's gonna he's gonna be full-time and he's he's so passionate about the distilling he's passionate about the i mean the bar stuff for you know for, of course for people that don't know is you know 
Death and Co, Clover Club, Flatiron Lounge, uh, Lani Kai, a lot of great places. So uh, he's a cocktail fan, but he's really, really passionate about the distilling and about educating. And and you guys are starting to do a lot more of that as well. Yeah, because at, at the end of the day, really what we're focusing on, and this comes back to you know, something I think you have to do if you want to get into distilling or making products or starting your own thing, is it has to start with the product and you have to have 100% passion for it. It has to be something that you love and that you want to drink or you want, you want to have. And otherwise, it's just too much work and it's not really sure, worth it sure um and that's also why we like to hang out you know we like to hang out in cocktail places so we can kind of combine you know uh pleasure well, and work yeah. in in the evenings as well um but damon just has has tons of passion for it so the first thing is you need to create the best product you get right sure. and some people might not like it that that's fine it's what we want to make and some people like it some people don't uh but we really want to educate people about uh, gin in general and about a product. And, what, I mean, one of the things, we do a lot of tastings, gin tastings in storage. Joe and I will go in and people come by and everybody says, and you probably heard this as a bartender, I'm not a gin drinker. Sure. And he's like, well, just try it. Smell it a little bit. I make it myself. And that usually they can't really say no yeah, when you say yeah. you make it yourself. So, okay, I don't I'll really smell eat it. cupcakes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you bake these, so yeah, I'll, I don't have one. Yeah, so they they smell a little bit and they say, ooh, this is interesting. They take a little sip and they go, wow, this is gin? This is fantastic. I didn't know. And the reason they're not, like, we joke around and say everybody's a gin drinker. They just don't know it yet because they might have had some bad experience back, yeah. in, back in college when they sure. had. You know, some, some crappy gin and uh, crappy tonic and in a plastic jug and got a headache the day after. It's kind of like what happened to tequila back in the days. Yeah. But now I think, you know, we want to educate people about gin. So, for example, when Ivy does her trainings, she educates about at least three different gins. Mm-hmm. And then we have a blind tasting of the different gins and it's gins that they have in the bar and our gin. And then we make couple of different cocktails with all different gins a little scary in the beginning you know the first couple of times we did it because you know you have a blind tasting and what if everybody likes the other gins right sure sure but the first one we did nine out of ten uh preferred art so it's kind of yeah you know uh, and it's kind of rewarding too because then you know that someone else likes the stuff that you like yeah absolutely i like what you're saying about you know there was a bread Brad Farron from Clover Club and, and Death and & Company, he uh, had a great quote in uh, the Huffington Post. He said, every time, if, if I stopped drinking something every time I had a bad experience with it, I'd be sober. <laughs> and like, that's it's one of my favorite quotes. And it's exactly like we were saying. Um, I don't think I started drinking gin again like from, from my bad experience, my quote-unquote high school bad, bad experience with gin. I probably didn't start drinking again until uh, I was like 25. And... I guess that's going to start showing how old I am now because I've been drinking gin for a while. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, gin, I mean, like, gin is so much fun because not only do you have tons of great gins that are different, you have so many cool cocktails. Sure. And the different gins work different different cocktails. So. You make someone a Martinez and they're like, whoa, there's gin in this? Jesus. Yeah. It's, it's one of the most fantastic cocktails. Yeah. And, you know, you can do... A, there are a lot... There are, like you said, so many great gin cocktails. So totally. I mean, and... I, I like that you're doing this educational push 
especially because Ivy's so awesome and Damon's awesome and <laughs> it's going to be a great time. They're, Ivy's actually coming into my bar in a couple of weeks to do one with my staff, so that's really cool. And, uh, yeah. And speaking of that, like, you guys, go, kind of going back to the whole uh, BAM and Barclays Center, you guys have done a lot of stuff, like cross-promotional stuff with, like, clothing brands and different companies. Like, I think that's really cool. That's and it, and it's, it's like Billy Kirk and uh, Brooklyn Circus. You guys have been doing a lot of really cool cross collaborations with these brands that are really cool and also have that same kind of passion. Yeah, and it, it's funny because they've usually found us. And we love it because it's kind of like-minded people. It's it's really people who appreciate the time and effort that it takes to, you know, if you look at the Billy Kirk guys, they they make all their belts and everything by hand, right? So it's kind of like it's the same audience a little sure. bit. And it's just brands that we love. So, is that your phone or mine? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, uh, it's not mine. Is it mine? <laughs> uh, all right. <laughs> Technical difficulty. But yeah, yeah so, so uh, and it's a really great way for us to promote our brand because we get some like-minded people who want to want to try. We can show them some gin cocktails and talk a little bit about our brand. And usually it's small gatherings, so it's not... Uh, you know, a huge number of people. Yeah. So you can actually talk to them about the product. And a lot of these brands are like, you know, smaller scale, like artisanal, very like stylish, but like, you know, with Billy Kirk, and they, make, they make all these awesome like leather goods and bags and like you said, belts and they're doing boots and it's all stuff that's built to last, you know, and that's a, it's a really good kind of company to be cross promoting with. You did one with, didn't you do one with double RL? Yeah, the, With the briefly, yeah, yeah, exactly. And the, I mean, they obviously have awesome stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, crap stuff there, too. Yeah. So I just think that's a really cool thing because it's not like, it's not like bigger companies like, you know, like Grey Goose or, you know, Jack Daniels. Or, they're not doing these kinds of cross I guess I shouldn't have said that because Jack Daniels sponsored our, yeah. our yeah. CBGB <laughs> night. <laughs> yeah, but you're big time. You know, no, we're no, talking no, about bro. smaller no, brother. Uh, craft, <laughs> craft events, not, not, not big rock concerts. Right? <laughs> no, I bet. I mean, like you guys have really been making a move in uh, in a lot of the right directions, you know. And I think that's uh, it's something that, like I was trying to say, that a lot of a lot of times, and not just for brands, but for anyone, any one of us, like bartenders restaurant owners you know it's not always the easiest thing to figure out you know you, a lot of people can get it up and running but maybe they don't have the right direction and that's where you guys have been really kicking ass seems oh like. man if you knew how many things had gone wrong <laughs> on the <laughs> well, way sure. to this i mean it feels like yeah you know, well it's I, like you said you took 50 50 <laughs> tries to come up with the one gen and yeah or uh, or when i was sitting with uh with the in-laws for the first time with yeah, I think it was uh, Thanksgiving, and uh, they put a bottle of Brooklyn gin on the middle of the table. And two minutes into the dinner, the medallion falls off. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> my product is uh, you know breaking apart, and my uh, my father in law is probably looking at me and saying, "Why did you leave your day job? <laughs> uh, you know your product's falling apart." And we had a little problem with that, and you know I had to find glue people to you know fix it. And now you you can't even. T- you know, it's impossible to take that thing off. But <laughs> well, it you was, fixed. Uh, yeah, it, it was a few months when we were very nervous about. I probably that. would have put it on a chain, all like Beastie Boys style, yeah. and just rocked it. <laughs> yeah. 
But yeah, like of course there's always going to be those problems. But you know, you guys are making it look easy. So (laughs) congratulations on on the outside, right? Yeah. So no, but it's the same thing. I mean, the reason we're going into it, we love handcrafted stuff. We're handcrafted product, so other handcrafted products wants to, you know, have our gin on different events that they're throwing. So it's a perfect fit, but it's very organic. So everything happened organically, and one of the reasons we took it fairly slow, we didn't. We're not really pushing our product very hard. We're educating people about it. And, you know, we're partnering with some people that are like-minded and that we like. is because, you know, it's the, it's the stuff we like to do. It's simple. It makes a whole lot of sense. And, and we just wanted fun. to grow organic. Yeah. yeah we, we take fun seriously, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what's what's next on the, uh, the old agenda for Brooklyn Gin? Well, what's Any, next? Anything you can talk about? Um, well, first, we are starting to sell in Singapore, Australia, and New Zealand nice. within the next couple of weeks, which is very exciting. Cause, and, uh, and also um, uh, Spain shortly, which is actually... That's going to be know, huge. It's, it's Frank who got us into it. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. So um, Frank Vassanelli. Cisneros, because he's from there. So he, he got us some contacts over there, people that want to uh, use our I gym. I just remember there. one night uh, you and Frank Vassanelli talking about he had just got back from Spain, and he was talking about gin and tonics. So that's okay. that's the connection that I made. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Frank. Yeah, he- yeah. So so we were doing that, and and we we're also tinkering around a little bit with some some other stuff. Uh, you know, I'm I'm from Sweden originally. I mean, I've been here for a long time now. So, but uh, I'm, I love aquavit, and I have Me about too. forty aquavits uh, uh, at home. And right now, I'm. Kind of playing around a little bit with uh, different combinations to uh, to see if we can distill uh, distill aquavit as well. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I think so. Especially <laughs> right now, this I'll time of it. year, I would totally <laughs> I would totally kill some of that. <laughs> yeah, it just, it just takes a little while because it's uh, once you find the flavor combinations uh, to translate that into an actual still, and we use an old school Christian Carl. It's a handmade copper yeah. still, uh, and. You know, it takes a little time to figure it out, and you actually have to charge it fully, otherwise you can crack the still. So you can't make small little test batches sure. of, you know, 20 bottles. It's the full 200 bottles, like a minimum of 200 bottles. Yeah. It's not like you could really... And also, like, if you did it in, like, a rotovap or, like, you know, some smaller, like, kind of lab still... Like, well, that's it, what you do. Sure. But would it, wouldn't it? it change when it yeah. reacts with the copper? Yeah. It took us... Uh, I'm, we had a recipe down, a combination down. We had, this is what we want to make from a lab still, right? And then we go into a copper still, and it changes completely. And it took us about 20 runs, full runs. So there's a lot of, lot yeah. of bottles wow. um, before we actually got it to a point where, you know, we said, this is the gin we want. So it's a little tricky because it's all, um, you know, it's a, it's a manual process. It's a, it's a artisan Absolutely. Well, good things take time. And speaking of that, it's been a really great time having you on the show. Oh, great. <laughs> so uh, thanks for coming by, Emil. And uh, thanks for enlightening me on a lot of the uh, things that you're doing with uh, Brooklyn Chin and uh, all these great, cool, like big moves that are going on. I'm really uh, proud of you guys. Oh, good. Thank you so much for having me, man. Absolutely. All Appreciate right. It. That's it for the Speakeasy today. We'll be back next week for the Speakeasy Halloween show. It's going to be really scary, I can assure you. All right, next week.
Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.